What's going on, everybody? It's Dylan James right here on JDF Media and Out of Bounds. Tonight, I am writing solo for the, about the first half of the show. Tyler is getting off work right at 6 o'clock Central this evening, so I'll be waiting for him to join us this evening to break down a lot of the action that happened in Week 11 of the NFL. A lot of things happened, including Joe Burrow going down with a season-ending injury in his wrist. It looks like he will be out for the foreseeable future, maybe potentially coming back for the playoffs, but uh, the playoff hopes for the Bengals are probably probably gone at this point because they have to rely on Browning to be their backup quarterback or their starting quarterback moving forward, which will be quite interesting to watch there in Cincinnati. We're also going to be talking a lot about what happened in the Chiefs game, all of the drops that happened in this game, especially the Marquez Valdez Scantling drop at the very end of the game that pretty much sealed the deal for the Philadelphia Eagles to finally beat the Chiefs while um, one of the Kelsey brothers, Jason Kelsey, the center for the Philadelphia Eagles, beating his brother for the first time. So now the record is one in three in favor and not in favor of Jason Kelsey, in favor of Travis Kelsey instead. Um, and a lot more that happened over the weekend. Tommy DeVito having a huge breakout game for the Giants this weekend. The Packers winning up against the Chargers because of a late game drop from Quentin Johnston, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, and Brandon Staley going off in his press conference. A whole bunch of stuff is happening this past weekend, and we will have a lot to talk about. But before Tyler gets here, we'll kind of go into the Titans conversation because obviously, huge Titans fan here. And if you watch the game this weekend, it uh, wasn't the best the best game. Let's just say that wasn't the best game. But before we get there, feel free to share the show with your friends, subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Facebook, our Twitch, our kick, wherever you guys are watching us at this evening, feel free to subscribe. Also follow along. Um, we are also doing a giveaway as well. A giveaway. Once we hit 500 subscribers on our YouTube channel, all you got to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's JDF underscore media as the username there. Follow JDF Media on Instagram and OOB Podcast on Instagram, and you're entered. That's all you got to do. And once we hit 500 subscribers on YouTube, we will be giving away a jersey not to exceed $150 of your choice. So go over there, check that out, subscribe to our channels, and uh, hopefully you'll be a winner of a jersey before the playoff time at least. Hopefully we can get to 500 subscribers on YouTube by playoff time. That would be great to see. But once again, a lot to talk about in the NFL, but we're going to talk about the Titans first. The Titans played up against the Jacksonville Jaguars this past Sunday in Jacksonville. And the first half didn't look so good. Didn't look so good for the Titans. Defense was giving up a lot of big plays. Uh, the one big thing, the, the catalyst for this game to get out of hand the way it did was a phantom defensive pass interference call that led to Calvin Ridley getting the first touchdown of the day. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say, uh, but besides, besides the offensive line, we knew there were struggles there. Defense just was not playing their a game, um, this game, which was sad to see Sean Murphy bunting was out once again with his finger or his thumb injury. It seems as though he is on the mend. He had a surgery with his thumb. It looks like he'll be coming back from that surgery at some point, but has yet to. So he was out for the secondary in this game. There were several several players that were just not playing up to the standard they should have been playing. Christian Fulton, for a few weeks, it looked like we were going to see the Christian Fulton that we were expecting this season. But when he played in Jacksonville, I believe he gave up six catches on six six uh, targets. So not a very good day for Christian Fulton, giving up over 100 yards 
of receiving yards this game, which uh, not not looking so good there, Christian. So uh, the Titans, to me, though, it's it's very interesting. Uh, we see people talking now about let's fire Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's the problem there in, in Nashville. I don't think that's the case. I, I think that coming into the season, I had high expectations simply because we made some moves on the offensive line. That was one of the biggest things that we did. We got DeAndre Hopkins, which obviously that was going to help a lot, but I even had the Titans winning 10 games without DeAndre Hopkins this season. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. The team is sitting at 3-7, and seven, going into Week 12, hopefully in a game they can win against the Carolina Panthers, but again, we, we've seen it to where this team, uh, it's just every every week is a different product on the field, especially at home as well. At home, this team has been playing very, very well, have played the Bengals really well. They played the Falcons really well. They played um, the the Chargers very well at home. That kept that close. Went to went to a game winning field goal at the end in overtime in that game. So the Titans have played really good games at home, but away they are a completely different team. Their defense is not showing up. Their offense is not producing the way it should be. The offensive line is giving up giving up pressures and sacks on the quarterback will levis i he had two plays two big plays in this game that really led to the win that really led to at least having a somewhat successful outing for the the titans having some points on the board leaving this game um the final score was 34 to 14 if you if you're just tuning in and you did not see the titans game this weekend but Will Levis showed flashes. He showed flashes that he can still be the guy there. He he had a trick play. It was a king cap formation with Derrick Henry lined up as the quarterback. He tossed it to uh, to Tyje Spears, and Tyje Spears lobbed it back to Will Levis. Will Levis saw DeAndre Hopkins deep and threw it and got a touchdown. So that was the first touchdown of the day. As the third quarter expired, it took them three quarters to get on the board, and all of those three all. Every single second of those three quarters, it took them to get on the board in this game. Unfortunately for the Titans, it's not looking so great. Um, I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs, which at this point, I, it doesn't really shock me that they're not going to miss. They're going to miss the playoffs with the way they've been playing. Hopefully, they'll be able to use that $100 million of cap space next season to good use. Hopefully, they can get some good draft capital as well, get a higher draft pick than they have had in quite some time. And, you know, even a top 10 draft pick will will help this team. I think an offensive lineman is going to be the main piece this team needs moving forward. Um, people keep saying wide receiver. If, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is there, do you take him? You need an offensive line. And, and you've seen that from what happened with Joe Burrow on Thursday Night Football. Joe Burrow going down with a wrist injury. He came into the game actually with a wrist injury of some sort. There was a brace on his wrist coming into the game, uh, come, getting off the plane actually, going to the game. There was a, a brace on his wrist that was not indicated on the injury report. Therefore, the NFL was looking into that, seeing what was happening with his wrist and seeing why he was not listed on the injury report to begin the game. I know Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports was out there trying to do a class action lawsuit because of the money that he wasted on betting on the Bengals after Joe Burrow goes down with an injury in the game and does not return. It's going to be a huge mess. I don't know what's happened with the NFL story. I don't think there's been a resolution to that yet. I think they're still looking into it. But now you have a quarterback who was standing behind a very leaky offensive line there in Cincinnati that 
they've tried several ways to fix it. The, and the one year they decided to not draft an offensive lineman and get Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell was available in that draft. And so they decided to go with Jamar Chase instead. And now you're seeing the result of that. Joe Burrow has gotten injured quite often in the NFL so far in his young career. And they just signed him to a five-year extension of 200, what, $275 million or something, something along those lines. A uh, huge contract for Joe Burrow. And you just invested all that money, and he goes down with a wrist injury to end his season there in Cincinnati and potentially come back in the playoffs. But again, I don't think it's likely the Bengals make the playoffs, especially with the quarterback situation there. Joe Burrow was the reason why they were getting out of the hole they had dug themselves into early on in the season after his injury, coming out of training camp and then playing him, even though he was injured. I still think that was a poor decision by by Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals organization. But now he came back. He got injured with a wrist injury. Now he's just out for the year. So not looking good for Cincinnati. If you're a Bengals fan out there, I apologize that you're having to endure this situation when you have a generational talent or a, a, at least a very, very good quarterback in Joe Burrow. Uh, I would say that. I wouldn't necessarily say generational talent yet. But I, he, he's he's definitely going to be missed by the Bengals, for sure. He's definitely going to be missed. Um and also in this game, Mark Andrews went out with a a pretty gruesome-looking ankle injury. It said, Jim Harbaugh came out saying that it's not as bad as they initially thought it was, but I still think he's out for the season. So that's your tight end, your main target at tight end that the Baltimore Ravens had, and they're unable to have him the rest of the season now. Um, so you, you look, and also that was a hip tackle too, which a hip drop tackle is what they call it. Um, and not, not very good look, uh, for the, for the Bengals defense there. And, uh, Mark Andrews is out now. That's one of the main pass catching targets for Lamar Jackson. Can he sustain his success as a quarterback, as a passing quarterback without his safety net and Mark Andrews? That's a big question that we're going to have to see, um, moving forward. I know OBJ played and he also got a little bit dinged up in this game too, Zay Flowers, uh, not Zay Flowers. Yeah, Zay Flowers uh, got it was in this game as well. I have to look and see. I think it was Zay Flowers, right? Am I th- I th- I'm never mind. I'm thinking about the the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, no, Zay Flowers. Never mind. Zay Flowers is there. Baltimore. Uh, Zay Flowers. So Zay Flowers was there. Was able to do well for them. Odell Beckham Jr. had four catches for 110 yards. So he looked like old Odell Beckham Jr. But can he stay healthy on the field? Um, he, again, he got dinged up a little bit at the very end of that game or in the middle of that game, he got dinged up. So hopefully he can get back on the field for them. Nelson Aguilar too, one catch for 37 yards. So, um, they contributed that they, they, they were players on the, on the, on the wide receiving core that contributed for the Ravens to win this game 34 to 20 against the Bengals in, in prime time. I mean, this was a huge game. It also made it to where the Baltimore Ravens are eight and three. And that's significant because of the result of the Monday night football matchup between the chiefs and the Eagles, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But if you're watching, thank you once again for watching, uh, be sure to subscribe and to share the show with your friends, because I am here all by my lonesome for the first half of the show until Tyler gets here from work. So feel free to chime in in the chat. I'd love to get your comments there, questions about what happened this weekend, and questions about the outlook of your team going into the final stretch of the season in the NFL. So let's move on to the next story here, the Browns and the Steelers. Browns squeaked this one by 13-10. to 10. The biggest significant move that came out of this 
is a result of the offense that the Steelers fielded against the Browns this weekend. The Steelers put up 10 points in this game. Kenny Pickett produced 77 passing yards in this game. I'll let that sink in for a minute. 77 passing yards for the Steelers this weekend. Not a good outing at all by any stretch of the imagination for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that led to Matt Canada getting the boot there in Pittsburgh. So now Matt Canada is out. They're now going to replace him with someone else as the offensive coordinator. We'll see who that is this coming up weekend, I'm sure. Um, But before we get there, we do have our special guest here this evening. Tyler is joining us. Tyler, thank you for joining us. A little late, but that's fine. I was I was able to get the show going. The show is is not rudderless here. I was able to get it off the ground. So thank you for joining us. How was work? Uh, good. Boring. Long. Long. Wow. Very, very long. It is Thanksgiving week, so it's it's going to be crazy. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, we were just talking about the Steelers and Browns. Were you surprised about the firing of Matt Canada? In Pittsburgh. I'm surprised it happened this early in the season. They are six, what, six and four now or something like that. They're still at that 500 mark that Mike Tomlin likes, but I think the, like you were saying, the the offense passing game, just 77 yards, can't really have it. It is, you're, you are facing the Browns, which they are the Browns. They have a very good defense, but just the, um, the difficulties of that team is, it's starting to show its ugly head, especially this late in the season and, with the AFC North basically being clear for the take and with both uh, Joe Burrow and uh, Deshaun Watson getting injured as well as, a, as well as Mark Andrews. So, yeah, we talked about that just a moment ago and Mark Andrews going down with an injury, Joe Burrow going down with an injury as well. So both those players are out for the rest of the season. Um, with Matt Canada though, I mean, the biggest thing is it can't just be Kenny Pickett, right? It's not because Kenny Pickett's a bad quarterback, right? I mean, he, he was the guy, he was going to be the savior after Ben Roethlisberger. He was going to be handed the torch and carry that torch for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. And this year, he has just not shown it at all. But it can't just be him. It has to be somebody. And in this situation, you have to say it was Matt Canada. Yeah, I think it really was. Just the amount of regression we've seen from Kenny Pickett, too. Obviously, last year, he wasn't a it wasn't a great season for him, but in that second half when he came in to take over from Mitch Trubisky, he looked a lot better. And this season he sort of plateaued a bit, not really improved. Maybe a little bit of a de- uh, digression, regression. a bit regression, regression. Yeah, regression. Thank you. But I think again, it's Matt Canada. He's got to he's got to scheme these guys open. And I remember on Twitter, I know it happened like right after the game where Dov Cleveland was talking was tweeting out something about like how. Deontay Johnson was was tweeting out saying like you y'all guys y'all guys think I'm running the wrong routes I'm just running the routes that I'm told and it's like if it looks like you're running the wrong routes obviously it's from a fan's perspective but it's like that should really be the telltale sign of like an offensive coordinator doesn't know what they're doing yeah and Matt Canada doesn't uh, I think that Pittsburgh Steeler fans are rejoicing I know NFL memes put out a post on Instagram and on Facebook of all these different memes and gifs and such of, of fans of, of, of celebration in related to in relation to um, the firing of Matt Canada. So pretty funny stuff there. Uh, I mean, I, I think that it was the right move. This is the first coordinator or head coach. Listen to this. 
This is the first coordinator or head coach the Pittsburgh Steelers have fired in season since the 1940s. I mean, it that sounds like the Steelers. Like they like their they like their team. They like doing their stuff by the book at the end of the season. And I think also Mike Tomlin was starting to get annoyed with it as well. If you saw his like little blurb that he put out, it was basically just like, I wish him well. That's basically all it basically was. And it's just like, I wonder if there was some tension in there. Because I remember, again, going back to Toph Gleeman, he tweeted out that the video of Chris Boswell saying, Don't act like, like it was you. Canada, yeah, don't <laughs> act like it was you. It wasn't you. <laughs> and it's just like, I think that was sort of, I think that all stemmed like in the past few years, it's been like, that Canada needs to go. I think the players were trying to revolt against him. And I could see them starting to be, that offensive team could go where, I don't know, what are they facing? This coming up week, yeah, they're facing the they're facing the Bengals on the twenty sixth. So, I mean, with a backup quarterback, with a backup quarterback, they do still have their starting. I mean, obviously, their defense is still. What did you say? Their defense is like top fifteen at least, like right in that median marker. I would say so. This, I mean, the Steelers like... have been holding teams to less than twenty twenty four points each game. It seems like this year. Yeah. So like. 15 to top 10-ish in that realm. I think they're going to do the same thing with the Bengals. Now it's just all about that offensive prowess. They haven't they haven't scored more than 24 points this season. Oh, they scored 26 once. Oh, they wow. haven't scored more than 26 points this season. So it's one of those things where it's like, I think if you can get more than 26 points against this Bengals team that doesn't really look all that good, I think that's an immediate improvement. For the Steelers, and that's exactly what the fans and the team I should be look- and the team should be looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think they need to see some sort of. They're they're hoping that doing this right now will make it to where the team will have a spark. And that's what happened yeah. with Buffalo this past weekend. There was a spark because they got rid of their offensive coordinator. I mean, even though we'll talk about the game in just a little bit, there were a few injuries that kind of led to that win. But they still won the game. They. They still had an output of 32 points in that game. So the Steelers are looking at that saying, okay, well, if that team can get going after firing a a coordinator, then can our team do the same thing? Can Kenny Pickett be that guy? And and with Najee Harris, I mean, even with Najee Harris, early in the season, I I was looking at his production. I was looking at his usage. just wasn't up to snuff. Like, he, he should be getting utilized much more in that offense because he's a playmaker. He, yeah. he's he's a playmaker he stayed healthy he's been healthy all season long just utilize him more and they just haven't been so I, I think that's the big thing with him too is I, I think that once you start getting those pieces together and those pieces going then I think that's going to help everyone once you get the run game going that'll help the pass game and vice versa I, I think that this team will be able to produce a lot better with someone else besides Matt Canada and especially coming into the situation saying this is the reason why this guy got fired. I don't need to do the same exact thing. I need to do something different. I need, I need to yeah. play to my strengths, and my strengths are Najee Harris with the run game. My strengths are short slant routes to Deontay Jordan Johnson and, and all those guys. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you have pieces there. George Pickens, you have, you know, uh, great playmakers there. I think that that's what they need to focus on moving forward. So, Fingers crossed for the Steelers. They can get that going and, and have some sort of competition with the, the Ravens at the end of the day, even though the Ravens are kind of taking it over right now. Um, sneak in there, potentially, you know, get second 
in that division, then potentially get a wild card maybe. Um, they're, they're only, right now they're only a game out. They have one more loss than the Baltimore Ravens right now. So it's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing for the Steelers. So we'll see how it goes moving forward. Um, let's move on to the next game here. The Bears versus the Lions. The reason why I bring this game up is because, one, the Lions almost lost to the Bears to this weekend. They yeah. almost lost. It was Justin Fields' return. And Justin Fields, I mean, it was okay. 16 to 23 for 169 yards and a touchdown. He also had 18 carries for 104 yards rushing. You let Justin Fields run all over you. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they, they allowed him to do that, but they did. His first game back, he was just looking like, you know, uh, Michael Vick out there. But the Detroit Lions got bailed out at the very end of the game. David Montgomery had a late touchdown for this team, so it led them to a win. Uh, 31 to 26 was the final score there. But that that's Jared Goff threw three interceptions. Three interceptions in this game. They still overcame that. And he wasn't the only quarterback who threw three interceptions this weekend either, which we can talk more about that in two games. But threw three interceptions in this game, but they were still able to overcome that and win 31 to 26. Yeah, I mean, that just shows like they know how to win now. And I feel like, again, this is like that cliche sort of saying where you got to learn how to win. I think the, the Lions know how to win and the Bears don't just yet. Bears haven't had a winning record since what? 18 I think it was so it's been like at least five years like they don't really know how to win Matt Eberflus is probably going to get fired at the end of the season you're going to have another rebuild on your hands the only thing that looks good for the Bears right now is that they have projected the first and second overall picks and Monte Sweat yeah and Monte Sweat so that's really like the only good thing that they have on their team like Khalil Herbert looks good uh, Cole Komet looks good. Justin Fields, if he can continue to progress instead of regress, I think he can look good. EJ Moore looks good. That whole team looks it, sh- it looks good on paper. Like the only thing that really didn't look good was that front seven, and they addressed that with the signing of Montez Sweat. They got some linebackers that still might need some work, but I mean that front seven looks decent. But other than that, it's just been a complete show down there. Has Justin Fields shown you enough to keep him and? not get a quarterback if you're in the top five picks this season? Yes and no. I feel like the injury that he had was bad timing. He was gone for, what, four weeks, five weeks, something like that? for a while. Mm-hmm. So you can't – I'd say as as of right now after this game, I would say yes, as the offense and the defense show me that they have a good team surrounding him, no. But – with the way that uh, potential first overall pick Caleb Williams is playing, I don't like him. I don't. I, he's regressed a lot in the last few weeks. Drake May looks all right. Michael Penix looks all right. Like I get that this draft class is supposed to be quarterback heavy, and I think it still can be for a lot of teams that need a quarterback. But I think right now, I think you got to stick with Justin Fields. Got to find him a better offensive line. You got to find him some more. At least, in my opinion, one more weapon. Can't be having uh, St. Brown at Equimini, St. Brown out there all the time. Like, um, they have 15 tight ends on their roster. You should need to cut that down to like three 
Like, why do you have 15? You're not you're not utilizing him other than Cole Komet. Like, I know that I saw Robert Tunyon out there. He's just basically getting cardio out there. Yep. You have you still have Mercedes Lewis, who I forgot he was still in the league. Like, you just gotta. I think if you're the Bears, I think that first and second overall pick. If you do end up getting the first and second overall pick, you target that defense first. You got to get that defense up to stuff, and you target that offensive line. I think that was going to be the first two picks if you're the Chicago Bears. I think you should stick with Justin Fields unless somebody in the pre-draft process just. I could be wrong because I'm not in it, but they just could explode on paper and just be like, hey, we, this is the guy of the future. I don't think Bears should really do that. I like Justin Fields as much as I hate saying it, but Justin Fields, is a, he's a decent quarterback. He still makes those bad throws, but it's like he hasn't had a good team surrounding him just yet. He's had one good player surrounding him, and that's DJ Moore this year. Yeah, he definitely isn't going to be a guy that will elevate the players around him. He's not at that level yet. I mean, he might be eventually, but he's not there yet. I mean, you do have some good quarterbacks coming in this draft class, though. I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, they might even, hey, they might do the same thing what they did with Carolina this past year is is might trade away that number one or number two pick for somebody who is quarterback needy and get a haul in the process of draft picks and potentially a player. I mean, we'll see how that goes. Um kind of do a reverse bears because they did, they traded it to Carolina last year. So or they got it from Carolina yeah. last year. Um, I think, I think what also understands is the rest of the season. If fields can't like fields kept him in this game for a bit and didn't turn over the ball. Didn't really have a lot of turnover play 16 to 23. If that continues for the rest of the season and he's holding the ball conservatively, doesn't have a lot of interceptions. I think you're keeping him, but if he starts to like, just look completely regressive at the, towards this entire, the rest of the season, then I say maybe you look at one. But again, it's it's up in the air right now. I feel like right now it's like been injured for four weeks. This is his first game back. Does this looks fairly good, but again, it could just be a the Lions starting to show some weakness, which it could the goofball through in three interceptions. So I can't really put any emphasis on that either. Yeah. Well, Justin Fields it had, does have 1,370 yards passing this year, 12 touchdowns and six interceptions with a QBR of 44.9, which is ranked 23rd in the league among quarterbacks. So um, it'll be a very interesting conversation in that front office with what the Bears do in the offseason. If they have that number one, number two draft pick, it's going to be very, very tricky situation. And, I mean, speaking of Caleb Williams, we'll talk more about him in the draft process coming up in the in the next few months but from what i've seen from caleb williams uh, i i would stay away from him i would i would stay away from him just his his demeanor um he, the the way he cried what two weeks ago whenever he lost to um uh i forgot who i think it was washington we lost to washington, washington he, I might he, have was, been. he was in the stands with his mom bawling his eyes out i i just and then with his fingernails and getting them painted, saying like you know, f you, you know f Notre Dame or whatever. It's just to me, he's too much. Already, he's too much. And, and he's like, and he's wanting like a portion of the ownership of the team when he gets drafted. Which you can't like, even do no. that. You can't even do that. There, there's that has never happened in the NFL before. Like you, you can't do that. So I don't know. It, it's it's um. Well, again, we'll talk more about him later, down the line. Hopefully we can get somebody, one of our draft friends, to come in to talk more about some players 
um, and and see. Maybe Oliver will come back on and talk to us whenever you know we actually have better audio for the show that time. And uh, hopefully he's not sick this oh, time. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, hopefully we can get somebody in here and talk about that because I mean, I do want to dive into tape and dive into those players a bit more than we have in the past. So, um, but yeah, huge win by the Lions. Lions keep it going. They're eight and two. Like, uh, yeah, I know. Like, okay, <laughs> great. I mean, if you had told me five years ago that the Lions were going to be eight and two in 2023, I would have laughed in your face. I would have. Plain as day, I would have laughed in yeah. your face. I, I, I did not see it coming. I don't think many people saw it coming. Um, but again, I, I think that Dan Campbell is a very, very good coach. And those players love playing under Dan Campbell. And I'm so glad the Detroit Lions have been patient with him because he came in, what, three seasons ago? I think it's his third season as head coach now. Yeah, this is his third season as head coach. First one, he only really won, like, two or three games. I think they're about to go, what, one in, like, X, they won against Minnesota. Last year, I remember they were calling for his head halfway through the season. And they ended up going on. They could have made the playoffs, but the Seahawks beat uh, Seahawks won, so they ended up making it instead. And then now this year they're eight and two. Like that's exactly what you want from your from your head coach. But I mean, there's not really a lot of, uh, not a lot of. It's a Dan Orlovsky. Christ, yeah. That just shows you how tired I am right now. <laughs> but um, the hell is their head coach? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, thank you. You're There's welcome. not a lot of him going him going around in the world. No, as well no, as uh, no. Jim McDonald on the team. Yeah, I, he's they've been doing great. They've been doing great so far. Man, um, so the Lions win, go to eight and two, thirty-one twenty-six over the Bears. So now we go to this next game: Chargers versus Packers. Packers win. Packers win, and and we had talked about it last week on Peeper's Picks about how the Chargers, he was kind of leaning towards the Chargers in this game, um, but the Packers were able to go in and, and take care of business at the end of the day. I mean, I don't know if it's more so the Packers went in and took care of business or if the Chargers charged themselves. That too. But I, I feel like it's more so the Chargers charged themselves. Like, the one thing I do got to say, though, is that congrats on Jordan Love. First 300-yard passing game that we have had since December 12, 2021. So in two years, we haven't had a 300-yard passing game, which is insane to think about, especially after last season and some of the heroics that were going on. But this is his first 300-yard game. If you look at the progression of him since those early losses to now, it's going like, like, I think his progression has gone a lot better. I still worry about Christian Watson. Obviously, he had his first touchdown this season uh, last week. Um, Tucker Craft still looking for his first one, but he get, he did get a Lambo leap, so I, he looked very happy during that too. And I think all the Wisconsinites love him just because the Kraft mac and cheese jokes that can go around everywhere. But I think it's this was about the time last year that Christian Watson stepped into his own and just went off on that insane run. So I'm expecting it. I'm I'm not expecting it, but I'm hoping it could happen again. But again, our defense looked terrible. Our have you seen the injury list going on for the Packers Lions game or no? I have not. No. Oh, I gotta. I'll send this to you and see. I can you. You probably can't show it on the broadcast, but it's literally just 
here's the Lions. Lion has like three players, and we've got like 17, 18 players on an injury list right now. Well, like it's it's insane how many injuries we have. I can find it. We just sent it. Also, Alex, I see your comment in the chat there. It's not popping up on my end, uh, so I'm not able to bring it up. But Alex Hanley's in the chat saying beating the Chargers this year isn't really a quote accomplishment. For the Packers, it is though. For the Packers, it is. I, it is I, just to, it is just to get that win back. And yes. also, I just sent it to just you. to get a win, just, just to get a win in the win column. That's all it need. That's all it needs to be. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's that's definitely something that that they needed. And even I mean, it's against Chargers. Yes, they have talented players there. Was it probably a calamity of errors or a comedy of errors when it comes to Brandon Staley and his decision making on defense, especially him calling defense? It was funny during the press conference. I don't know if you saw that press conference or not. With, oh, with I Brandon did. Stanley, I did. I saw it when he was talking about stop asking me that question. I'm still going to be calling the defense. Like you don't even have to ask me anymore. Like I'm going to be. I'm going to be calling the defense. He's out. Oh, he is out. After the season, he's done. I I'm actually surprised that the organization didn't fire him the next day. I think that would have been the best moment in the NFL so far this season. I think it would have just been hysterical for him to say, I'm going to be calling plays on the defense. And then the next morning he get fired. That would have been pure comedy by the NFL if that would have happened. Roger Goodell should have made the phone call to the Chargers himself to say, make the move. Because at this point, it's, I saw another uh, a, a picture, I think it was a meme or something, it was like Philip Rivers watching Justin Herbert waste his career away like he did when he was with the Chargers. I mean, that, that that's what it is. They're wasting his talent there in Los Angeles because of a shitty head coach they have in Brandon Staley. He just cannot yeah. make the right calls. He just does not have the decision-making to be a head coach in this league. Yeah, and not to mention as well, like, the defense is just they they have good players on every single position on their team. They have Cleo Mack, who just had his tenth sack this season so far. He had what was it six in one game, something like that, five in one game. He's still mm-hmm. a good player, even though he is old. And they've got Joey Bosa, who just got injured. I hope it's not. I don't. I didn't see what the what the injury actually is, but I know he got injured during the pack game, like the first drive or something like that. So that sucks to be him because he's starting to get injury prone a bit. But they've got good talent around him, too, a good team. But they're mustering that on the field? Like, that shouldn't be happening, especially against the Packers team that has uh, has one running back currently but doesn't know how to utilize their running backs, in my opinion. Aaron Jones just kept on getting no looks. I feel like whenever he would start to get hot, we would immediately look away from him. Um, Just... It, right now, we're super young, so that's sort of why, but it's very much so just like we can't – our offense and defense both look bad. And I don't know if it's just because Matt LaFleur is still trying to figure things out after the Rodgers era, if Jordan Love is trying to figure things out, or if just Matt LaFleur is a fraud, but it's starting to look that sort of way where it's like, hey, what's going on with our offense? Well, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers wanted to leave in the first place. That, that's, I genuinely... that's the thing. At the end of the day, he wanted to get out of Green Bay for some reason. And it wasn't just 
the last, you know, the, within the past 12 months, he made that decision. It was, start of it was two years ago. When he was saying, ah, do I retire? Do I come back? He got the extension. Devontae Adams got traded to the, the Raiders. He was pissed off about that. Like, it, it just, it, at the end of the day, it is um, just not a good look for Matt LaFleur. Really isn't. No, it really isn't. And also, too, I know I was talking, We, uh, I saw this on uh, Kirk Benkirk's his podcast with uh, Ninja and his brother, but... I know he was talking about like, hey, who's the worst coach that you that you were that you were under? And he played for Atlanta, the Packers, and San Francisco. He's like, easily Matt Lafleur, because it was his way or the highway. And I mean, like, I get that because you are a professional coach, but it's like, if you're if a fan favorite player that you ended up releasing because you didn't have enough space on your team and whatever, okay, I get that. It is a it is a business at the end of the day. But if he's talking that bad about you, he's like, yeah, the first day I was there, I wanted to leave. Like, that doesn't look good for the organization as well as the coach just because. And I think it's also one of those things, too, where it's everything's done the Packer way. And I think we need to change that. And again, I was talking about this last week where it's like, I wish we had an owner for that sense where it's like there's a little bit more pressure on, like, the team to change a bit. But it's like we don't have that because we're state run. So it's one of those things where it's like I can't really wish for it because it's never going to really happen. Unless in 50 years by now, somebody buys $10,000 worth of or 10,000 stocks and just ends up becoming the owner due to having over 50% of it. But I doubt that will ever happen. Yeah, I don't think it will. So the GM, does the GM just make those calls for? Oh, I don't. You're going to get me on a tangent about Gutekunst. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just I'm just confused by so, how anything works there then. So we have a president president okay so i don't know who our president is now off of right now maybe some other Packer fans might know but he's our head up guy he's basically like the owner of the team but he's the president instead of the owner okay so it's him then the gm gudekunst and like all that sort of stuff so we technically do have a guy that's higher up of both of them but it's not one of those things where it's like hey my team is looking bad and i'm putting all this money into it sort of thing that's the way that i'm seeing it as like some other owners like uh like Jim Ursay, even though he's sort of bad owner, but it's like Jim Ursay is very much very much like that where it's like, hey, stuff is going the wrong way. I'm I don't care and I'm gonna make some decisions. Stuff like that. Whereas like for us, it's like we don't have anybody that's that higher up that's like, I'm putting so much money into this because it's all it's all fan owned that it's like can't really do anything about it. So do they send out like a survey monkey just saying like, Hey, what do you think about the team this year? You, you like the head coach? So you want to get a they, new one? <laughs> they do have, I know they do have a owner's meeting in like July, April-ish. Okay. Like anytime between like April to like before the season starts. I think it's somewhere in there. That's basically, it's basically just like a giant, like, here's our plans for this year. Like a town hall. Basically, yeah. That's okay. basically what it what it is. I've seen videos of it and I want to get into it, but I got a, the ne- last one it was, it was like $500 to get a share and I didn't have the money at the time. So mm. I'm going to wait for the next one, but hopefully this doesn't happen. Hopefully that's because I know last time it happened, it was like, it was this past year. So it was 2022. And I think before that, the last one was like 20, 2008, something like that. Mm. We revamped like our main auditorium. So hopefully it's not, it doesn't wait that long, but it's basically like, Hey, like here's our plans for the year. Here's sort of stuff like this. Here's where the money's going to 
so, something like that. You get a buffet. You get to you don't really get to talk with them, but you get to talk with all the other people that are like, "Hey, I'm an owner of this team," and people hmm. dress up, and it's it's fun. But it's again, it's like one of those things where it's basically like a giant town hall. Yeah. It's the way how the Packers have been run since the tw- since the te- since the teens. They're made in 1918, so it's like can't really change over a hundred years of playing. Like, but it's one of those things too, where it's like even I saw it on social media the other day. I, I forgot the Packers even had a TikTok. And yeah. I see it, and they're like, they're like, oh, hey, what's your like? They started to do like, what the like, what's your favorite thing? Like, what's this? Like, answer some questions, stuff like that. It had a, a thousand views, a thousand likes, I think. And I look at these other ones, they're like, oh yeah, we've got like ten thousand views, six thousand likes, stuff like that. And I'm like, I forgot we even had one. Like, I'm surprised that we have one still. And it's just like we need to like, but again, talking, going to back to the Kirk Banker thing. Apparently, it's only, like, one person that's running everything, so. Oh, that's fun. I, they, yeah, it just needs to, something needs to change, especially yeah. because it's 2023 and the Packers need to. Well, maybe the owners it, said it, that the they didn't want to allocate their money to social media, so that's the reason why there's only one person. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, in, that big, in that game, the biggest, one of the biggest storylines coming out of that game was Quentin Johnston dropping a what would have been a first down on fourth down and leading to the Packers winning the game. Um, So there's been drops all weekend and there's another drop that we'll talk about later in the show that happened last night on Monday Night Football that led to a loss as well. Um, We'll talk about that in just a few games. Next game, Giants versus Commanders. Giants came out and won a game with Tommy DeVito being their main quarterback because Daniel Jones is out for the season. Tommy DeVito, 18 of 26 for 246 yards. And three touchdowns. Huge game. Huge game for yeah. him. I mean, he came in, was able to take care of business, hold Sam Howell to uh, not that, <laughs> not those numbers. And Sam Howell threw three interceptions in this game. Another quarterback who threw three interceptions in a game this weekend in Sam Howell, which not a good outing for him and the commanders. I, I still don't understand why Ron Rivera has not been fired yet. I don't know. Get it's, him out of there. Yeah, it's very, very weird. It only thing I could say is the defense. The defense still looks decent, but again, you just had three touchdowns scored on you. Like, doesn't look all that good. Like, just give. I again, I think they're waiting for the end of the season to make that move. I think. It's one of those things where it's like I think they think they're still in it. So I think they they want to try to win it, but again, I think it's just going to be Eric Bieniemy's team at the next season. I wouldn't be surprised if that if I would be surprised if that doesn't come true, especially after the season and Sam Howell still leading. I believe he's still leading the league with uh, passing yards and still has the most passing attempts. So, but I mean, like, hey, they're they're trying to their strengths. They have Sam Howell, who's not the best quarterback, but still pretty good for I believe he's the fourth or fifth round pick years ago so he's still decent he's still putting up numbers that's a team though that i think could make a move to try to get a quarterback early in the draft next year especially like a michael Penix or uh drake may if they if he falls that far i think they could make that move but again it all depends on what your offense is going to look like especially if eric Bieniemy doesn't get that head coaching job and decides hey i don't want to be an offensive coordinator anymore yeah like give me the head give me a head coaching job i want to go i want to be a head coach somewhere yeah, absolutely. And Sam Howell has also thrown 12 interceptions this season. So, not very good for him. 
but Josh Allen's around the same number. So, I mean, anyway. Um, yeah, so huge win for the Giants after losing their starting quarterback for the season. Came out, Tommy DeVito came in and played a really good, really good football game. Then went home and ate dinner with his his parents. So that was that was fun. Um, since he still lives with them. Did you, did you see his well. parents in the stands? The way they look? No, I didn't. They look exactly like a way that you that you imagine. Just this this most Italian a family, family from New Jersey. Yep, family Italian family from New Jersey. They just look like they just look like the stereotypical just like italian from new jersey not and pumping it, their I, own gas like you know just yeah it, it just looked cool too it just looked funny and i also like the graphic too i don't know if you saw it but they had like the last teams that tommy DeVito has thrown te- three touchdowns against like oh here's all these division two schools and the washington commanders i'm just like that's funny i'm of just like of course. of course yep um moving on bills and jets the only reason why i'm talking about this game is because joe brady had his debut as the offensive coordinator, successful debut, 32 to 6. I still think though just be cautiously optimistic Buffalo Bills fans because I think in this game there were a few injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the Jets that led to them having such a huge win like they did. If uh if all their guys stayed healthy on the Jets team, I think it would have probably been a little bit different. They still wouldn't have put up more than 6 points so the Bills still would have won, but uh just temper those expectations for the Bills still. I still don't think it's going to be uh, – they're not going to do this every single game like you think they might moving forward. Um, but the Jets, an interesting storyline there. Zach Wilson got benched in the fourth quarter of this game, and he is now listed as the third quarterback on the depth chart for the New York Jets moving forward. Yep. Tim Boyle, baby, former Green Bay Packer, just – Taking over the reins, but I mean, I I know I know there's a thing that came out that like Rodgers feels bad for the Zach Wilson firing, and I think he does. I genuinely think he does because he was trying to mold him a bit. I think we saw it early in the season. He looked better, looked better early in the season. Not like world beater, but definitely looked a lot better. But he's regressed so much further back to his former self, and he's just not making the right plays and everything like that. But Again, like you're a team that wants to be a playoff team and you just you can't be rolling him out. I think Tim Boyle out there is going to make it a little bit better, but he didn't even have that good of a sh- good of a showing. I think he also had like what an interception or maybe two to end the game. Like, yeah, not the best, not not the best not out the of him. Tim don't... Boyle was seven of 14 for 33 yards in the interception. Yeah, that's not good playing. And of course, the Jets, I think they have one of the toughest schedules. Schedules coming out to end the season. They got the Dolphins, Falcons, which, okay. Texans, Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, Patriots to end the season. So mm. definitely not the toughest, but definitely you have to face the Dolphins twice, the Texans who are hot, the Browns who are probably going to try to make a statement, Falcons, Commanders, and Patriots. Those are really like the three easiest games, which again, Falcons, Commanders, and Falcons and Commanders could win that game. Patriots, I don't think so because they look like poo, but. Yeah, they look really bad. Really bad. Yeah, I mean, the Jets can still do it. The next week against the Dolphins will be a huge game for them. If they don't win that game, I don't think we'll see Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season. No. I, I, that's why I sort of hope they do lose on Black Friday. Just so that way Aaron Rodgers isn't trying to force himself back and 
be injuring himself again because he is 39. He's turning 40 this year in a few weeks. I think about 12-12, I think, so in, a, in about two weeks. It, so I think it's sort of one of those things where I don't like it. Just stay healthy. Yeah. Stay healthy next year. Still got a young team. The only thing I like it's stuff like that where it's like I wish he did come back because I think they would have a lot better schedule and a lot better a lot better of a team around him. But it's stuff like that where it's like I think it's starting to also tear the team apart with that injury because you saw I don't know if you saw Sauce Gardner's uh, Twitter after the game after that uh, big reception by Khalil Shakir, just how don't think it was me that gave up the inter- the touchdown, but if I was on there if I was over there I would have made a play basically throwing his team under the bus and i'm just like i get your cocky and i get your confident but that should not be happening you should not be saying that like about your teammates that yes they didn't make a play but you also gave up on it question mark because you are on the field yeah might have been on the other side but you can still try to make a play Mm. i don't know i mean and that's that's when social media has crept into things that you know, we, we when we were growing up, the when, when I was growing up anyway, I know I'm a little bit older than you are. Um, when I was growing up, you didn't have those players on social media and talking about these things, talking about their, their teammates and such like that. At the end of the day, at the end of the game, during the week, preparing for a team, you would hear it on TV. You'd hear like in interviews they had. But um, that that's some, something that's kind of crept into the game a little bit more um, that, that's made it to where it, it can get kind of toxic between players, yeah. Between fans as well. I know there's been some jockeying between fans sometimes too. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Kind of weird to see. Yeah, this is like sort of my era of players too, because they're all born in like late. I was born in '99, so yeah. But they were born in like 2001, 2002, 2003, and that's sort of like where you're starting to see these issues with social media starting to rise. And it's like, like it's sort it's still weird because it's like. Why are you doing this? Like, I I still remember, like, in the 2010s, but not really a lot of people had social... Not, obviously, a lot of people had social media, but they weren't, like, going to games afterwards, bitching about stuff and just being like, hey, like, it was a lot of just, oh, hey, here's a brand deal. Here's a yeah. brand deal. Like, yep. stuff like that. Whereas now it's like, social media has been around for so long that it's like, oh, this is all they've grown up with, and they don't really know how to change that. And I feel like... This is sort of like the one where it's like, I feel like we're going to have the most issues with social media this, like the next few years. And then once we get to like, maybe like not 10 years from now, like seven, eight years from now, those are going to be the kids that grew up with social media, with all like the parent guidelines sort of stuff. And they'll, they'll be a lot different than now. And they'll sort of have like that training from a young age being like, Hey, this is how you don't act on social media. Don't be in, don't throw your teammates under the bus. Don't do this. Don't do that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's what, that's the way it should be. But, oh, well, um, Last game to talk about, Monday Night Football, Eagles-Chiefs. It was a Super Bowl rematch, and Jason Kelsey was able to get the win. First time against his brother, Travis, in the NFL. I believe his record now is 1-3 against Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. But in this game, one of the biggest storylines, and I think one of the biggest problems for the Chiefs right now, was drops. Drops were huge for the Chiefs in this game. The biggest drop coming at the very end of the game, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a guy that you know very well from the Green Bay Packers, dropped a a game-winning touchdown. Let's just say what it is. It was a game-winning touchdown that he dropped blatantly in the middle of the field, which led to the Philadelphia Eagles securing the win, able to knee the, you know uh, take a kneel and, and able to walk away from 
from Chiefs Kingdom as the winners in this matchup. Uh, Travis Kelsey also in this game had a very costly fumble towards the end of the game. I think it was about six minutes left in the game. He was in the red zone and tried to make a football move, tried to tried to do a spin move, and it just got punched out. Um, huge turnover by him. So at the end of the day, this is the biggest storyline for the Chiefs. If the Chiefs want to win games this season and they want to be successful, Taylor Swift has to be at every single game moving forward. I don't care if she has a concert. Just tell Travis, you need to tell her to cancel because obviously you do not play at the level that you want to play at without Taylor Swift being in the audience. Yeah, and I think also, too, the one big thing is the amount of travel that that uh, Travis Kelsey is going under. I almost said Taylor Kelsey. I don't know why. But, it, again, like Maybe. he's flying back and forth from Argentina and flying to all these places to hang out with her. And it's just like, I get, obviously I can't talk about it because I don't know that whole thing and that's way out of my realm. But it's one of those things where it's like, that travel does mess with you a bit. And I think we're starting to see it, especially like that. So I think Patrick needs to go to his, go to his bro and be like, Hey, stay here for a week. Yep. Stay here for a week. We need to win some games. Just get relaxed. Just get rest. Everything like that. Fall out on Sunday. Yeah. And then, and then you can start partying again for a little bit like that. But it's one of those things too, where it's like, I don't know. Like, I think it's also like one of those things where it's like, I think it is just a performance issue. I think also, Two, we're starting to see the Chiefs start to crumble without that very good wide receiver core that uh, Mahomes is used to. He really only has Kelsey as much as I love MVS, but he's regressing back to his former self with the Green Bay Packers, just bricks for hands. So we've seen it multiple times, especially with the Packers, just those deep balls. He just can't turn his body enough to concentrate on the catch. He's dropped a lot of them because I know – See, that was his primary role with the Packers was just go balls. Just go deep. Rodgers will throw it to you right on your hands. He would hit him right in the hand, right where you want it to be, and he would just drop it. So, yep. And we're starting to see that again with the Chiefs. Yeah. And, I mean, and also Kadarius Tony is a non-factor in these games as well for the Chiefs. I, even earlier in the season, the first game of the season, Kadarius Tony was bricks for hands. Speaking of bricks for hands, that was Kadarius Tony. Um, just not looking good. Not not looking like what we've seen in recent memory. Patrick Mahomes was 24-43 for 177 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Got sacked once in this game as well. But Justin Watson was their best receiver last night. Five receptions, 53 yards. I when they said Watson at first, I was like, are they talking about Christian Watson? I, I don't know who Justin Watson is, to be honest with yeah. you. No idea. Um, Travis Kelsey, seven for 44, both those guys had touchdowns and then Rasheed Rice didn't do much Four for 42, Michael Hardman, two for 12, Kadarius, Tony, two for 12, Jarek McKinnon, two for eight, but the team in total had five drops. Yeah. And I know also too, one play that was really toted in the preseason minus like Rasheed Rice was sky Moore, and he hasn't done anything for the chiefs. One catch for four know. yards last night. Yeah, I don't know if it's because he's wearing number 24 and he should change to a more traditional wide receiver number instead of a cornerback, and that's why Mahomes is afraid to throw to you, but you got to change something up. You were this, you were toted in the preseason as like, oh, you're going to be the savior for the Chiefs. You're going to be the next Tyreek Hill and basically gone to like fourth 
fifth string wide receiver yep. on the team so far. Like it's just been rough for that Chiefs squad, and especially we're starting to see it too. Where the defense, I'm just glad the defense looks really good. Now the offense is starting to starting to falter. I think I don't want to blame Matt Nagy too much, but I think that is also a part of it. But also just the just the team building around him is just a little bit wonky, especially because of that big extension that Mahomes has. I think just they just got to try to find a good wide receiver and have him stick to it. Yeah, but have to find somebody in the draft. Yeah, like you have to draft somebody, and you have to draft a guy that's you know good, a guy that can actually come in and be a producer on your offense year one. And they just haven't been able to find that yet. So we'll see how it goes uh, for the Chiefs. But drops are a huge issue. The wide receiving core is a huge issue for this team moving forward. And if Travis Kelsey isn't going to have Taylor Swift in the stands, then I don't think he's going to. I think every week, bet the under. On Travis Kelsey receiving yards, bet the under every single I think it was 77.5 going into last game, last night's game. Bet the under. I, that's what I said yesterday. Whenever When I found out Taylor Swift wasn't going to be there, under, but I I didn't. So, so really fast. The, yeah, really fast. The Chiefs are seven and three right now. They face the Raiders next week, Packers, Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, and Chargers. What do you think they end their record at? Because they're not really a lot of formidable foes, but definitely games with the way that they've been playing that can be losable. These teams. I think Raiders bounce back next week. I think Raiders can probably win next week against the Chargers, so that's one loss for them. Packers, prime time. I'd probably say I'd probably say Chiefs are going to win that game. Um, versus Bills, Bills in Kansas City as well. Yeah, I'd give that Kansas City at she at Patriots. Give me the Chiefs versus Raiders at home. I think that's going to be a tougher game. I that's think that's going to go Chiefs. That it's going to be tough for both teams. I think. I think, especially if the Raiders are in playoff contention still, which yeah, I think they can get there. Um, if they're in playoff contention still, it might be a tough game. I'll say the Chiefs for this exercise versus Bengals. Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs. Hopefully, that's the end of the Brandon Staley era. After that game, yeah, that that yeah. That, that should be it for Brandon Staley. Um, so what, I gave him one, two... You gave him basically, like, one loss. One loss, maybe two. Which, I could see them finishing out like that. But if they have a performance like like they did against the Eagles and against the Broncos two weeks ago, like, the Broncos are... Uh, apparently, the Broncos are just Jesus now. Did you see Broncos the stat are, that they... I, they're killing it right now. Did you see the stat that they have 68 points against? So they've given up 68 points in the last four weeks. Since wow. that 70-point outing, they've given up 68 points. So it's just and – and people want advanced Joseph fired. And I'm just like, well, there you go. Right there you there. go. That's what he needed. He just needed people to say that, and he just turned it on. So yeah, good for him. Good for him. Um, no, I, mean, I think that, you know – Two losses, maybe three potentially for the Chiefs, but I, I still think it's they're still going to be up there. They're still going to be up there. The only, yeah, the only thing I do wonder is the Chiefs do face. So it is December third, so it is early in December. 
I got to talk about Packers for a second here. Yeah. Ace Packers in Green Bay. Notoriously cold element. Could be snowing. I don't know what the weather is going to be like that day. It's still two weeks out, but depending on weather, I could see that being a factor, especially like the last time they were in this sort of hybrid turf scenario. Everybody was sliding. The Packers know how to play in it. So if we do end up riding the ship, which is going to be rough against the Lions, that'd be a game. It could be. I honestly swear. I honestly feel like it could be a trap game for the Chiefs, but it's one of those things, too, where, again, it's a trap game. Anything could go wrong. Yeah. It could be. It could be, for sure. Um, we'll just have to find out. I, I think that it's uh, – they definitely have a favorable schedule for the end of the season. The biggest – I wouldn't be concerned about the regular season right now at this point for them. I'd be concerned about the playoffs for the Chiefs because you think they, they need those those errors fixed by the playoffs. It concerns me that this is week 11 and they still have those issues. Yeah. You think they get – the first overall seed. Um, right now they're seven and three. The Dolphins are seven and three. The uh, Dolphins are seven and three. They're seven and three. Ravens are eight and three. Browns are seven and three, and the Jaguars are seven and three. So that's five teams that are trying to fight for that number one seed. Two in the same division. Like, that's tough. That's tough. Um. The biggest thing is how much of a factor of of Mark Andrews going down for the Ravens, how much is that going to factor in, which I think is going to factor in huge. Especially OBJ kind of coming up with some injury this past game as well. He had 100 yards, over 100 yards for them in that game, but still, I mean, how healthy is he now moving forward? Can he stay healthy on the field for them? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Um, Jacksonville, I, I, I just don't, I see them going into this coming up weekend against the the Texans losing to the Texans at Texans, just because I think playing up against Titans, they have this false sense of security saying, Oh, we righted the ship. Oh, we're good. Titans were a good defense. So we were good against them. So therefore we're a good team. Titans defense was not good this past weekend. So I, I still think the Texans have the shot at the Jacksonville Jaguars at home this coming up weekend. Um, Miami. Tyreek Hill was a little hobbled too this past weekend. Ah, Shane was a little bit injured this weekend as well. Yeah. I mean, do, do, do they come back up and do they keep playing and staying on the field? I, that one's tough for me. Browns, I just don't see it with a backup quarterback. DTR played okay this weekend, but I mean, I would say it's probably going to be between the Baltimore Ravens and the Chiefs for number one overall seed. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be between those two. I think Jacksonville is going to end the see. I think they're going to have a few loss, a few more losses on the season. Miami might have. What the Miami Dolphins are playing at Jets this weekend, at Commanders the next weekend versus Titans versus Jets versus Cowboys at Ravens versus Bills. They're going to have at least two more, if not three more, losses on the season. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be between the Chiefs and the Ravens. That's what I would say. Okay. This is also one thing as well that I found interesting. 
Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs has only played in one wild card wild card series with his time. He's always had to buy. The only weird the only year that's weird is the one year that they actually had the one and two seed have the buy, so they did, they had only the six games. So division round, division division round lost in the championship against the Patriots. Division round, and that's the one that they won the Super Bowl in uh against the 49ers in 2019. One division round lost to the Super Bowl with against the Buccaneers. Wild card beat the Steelers, beat the Bills, lost lost to the championship game against the Bengals. They're still the first seed in the West. And then last year, one in the division round, one in the championship, one in the Super Bowl. So they've only had one year that they've that they've made it that they had to play in the wild card and they ended up losing in the championship game. That's an interesting thing too, where it's like, do they end up running out of gas before the before the uh, end of the end of the end of the playoffs? I'm sort of t- putting a check mark or like an asterisk near to the, near that one where it's like they won the division round and then they lost to the Patriots because that that whole game was a slew of issues before like the playoff the uh, overtime rules and everything like that. But it's interesting to look at and be like, hey, you haven't really played since you haven't really played a wild card game, a division round, a conference game, and a Super Bowl. You got to play all four games like that, yep. and especially if you're not the one seed and you're say the two or three seed, so you have to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's going to be rough, especially since I believe every single game so far they've played in the playoffs has been, obviously, other than the Super Bowl, has been in Arrowhead. Yeah. So it's it's going to be rough, especially if they're the three seed and they end up having to face the one seed. Like, yeah. how are they going to fare going to someplace else in a playoff game? Especially when, if it's in northern northern New York or in, or in uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Agreed. Um, let's look at these standings really quickly before we end the show this evening, looking at the standings now, current standings, we're going to look at each division and say yes or no on if this team at the top of the pack is going to stay there for the rest of the season or, or in the season at that position at number one, AFC East, we're kind of talking about them just a moment ago. The dolphins are up on top of that division right now. Do you see the dolphins finishing the season as number one? in the AFC East. Yeah, I don't see them. The only way I could see them regressing a bit is if Tyreek Hill and Devin O'Shane gets injured again. I don't see Buffalo. They're going to have that hot streak again now that uh, Brady's there and they don't have their offensive coordinator. Jets, no chance. Patriots, just eliminate them already. I think it's I think it's a two-headed race in the East, a conference that we thought could be have four heads everywhere. Just all of them could have had a, had a winning record, but... I think it's more than likely the Dolphins. I could see the Bills getting that first place, but I think it's more like 75-25 Dolphins. I could see the Bills tying it up with the Dolphins and it all leading to the final game of the season and then deciding it in the final game of the season. If that's the case, it's at Bills. I don't see the Bills losing that game. No, especially if it's in in Buffalo. Now, if it was in the... If it was in the playoffs and it was a game that mattered, either you win or you go home, the Bills would lose that game. But since it's in the regular season and they're a regular season team, they would win that game. So therefore, I, th- I think I think the Bills are probably going to overtake the Miami Dolphins to get number one in the AFC East. Um, AFC North, Baltimore Ravens are there. Do we see them getting bumped down by the Cleveland Browns or the Steelers? Or the Bengals. Bengals are pretend, are still kind of in it. <laughs> kind of. Uh, I don't think, I think so. The, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think 
I would trust the Ravens the most. OBJ is like tur- starting to turn back the clock a bit right when they need to with Mark Andrews' injury. Only thing that worries me again is that Mark Andrews injury. I don't, I don't, I didn't see what it fully was. I think it was, is it confirmed like ankle? Break I think or he's out for like the that? season. I think okay. that Jim Harbaugh came out, or John Harbaugh, I'm sorry, John Harbaugh came out saying that it was not as bad as they thought it was, but I still think that means not as bad out as they season. thought it was, meaning that it might be even longer than just the season. So okay. I, I, I think, yeah. it, I think it's season ending. Yeah. I mean, if he can come back, I would say Ravens 100%. Only thing that worries me is Browns have a backup quarterback right now. The Steelers are still the Steelers. Bengals have a backup quarterback. So I think it's going to be the Ravens. But again, I think I think it's going to be Ravens or Steelers for first place. I don't, I, I don't trust DTR all that much. They did just beat the Steelers, but it was 13 to 10. Didn't really have an impressive performance all that much. I think it's still going to be the Ravens, especially with uh Zay Flowers popping off like he has been the past few weeks and OBJ starting to turn back the clock and as well as Nelson Aguilar actually showing up for a team. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy to think that that would happen after what we saw with the Eagles. But yeah, I think the Ravens are definitely going to be in number one there. Um AFC South, Jacksonville or Houston. I, I don't see the Colts making it. I know the Titans aren't at this point. Um, but it's a it's a battle between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans in the South. Let me look at their schedule. So the Texans face Texans face the Jaguars, Broncos, Jets, Titans, Broncos. It all depends on if the Texans stay streaky because they've been winning some of these games fairly close. C.J. Stroud had a complete regression last game. He threw what three interceptions, something but they like still that. Won. Just they did still win. They are fa- they were facing the Cardinals, so mm-hmm. that's probably why. But again, I look at the team, and I, th- I I'm a big believer in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they have a good enough team to do it. I think Doug Peterson has had a good idea with that team. I think it's still going to be close up between those two. I st- again, I'm going back to the probably more sixty forty sort of sense with Jaguars over the Texans, but I wouldn't be surprised if seeing the Texans making that leap within the next two, three years to be a playoff contender. With what I've seen from the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially this past weekend, looking at their schedule, playing a Texans, I think it's a loss. Bengals win. Brown at Browns. Browns defense is still good though. Yeah, I that's that the big thing for me. Way. I think that that's a big thing for me. That can go either way. I probably would say the Browns in that game. Versus Ravens, Jacksonville at home playing a big game like the Ravens. Unless Lamar Jackson's hurt, I don't see them losing that game. So the Jacksonville Jaguars would would lose. Um, at Buccaneers, I can see the Jacksonville Jaguars winning that one. Versus Panthers win that one. And then at Titans, I'm not even going to give you a, an estimate <laughs> on what that's going to be. Because it's going to be, I don't know. Um I, I still think they have a few losses. Looking at the Texans' schedule, I would say it's a bit more favorable. Um, the Jets play up against the Broncos and the Jets' defense. Um, I'm going to lean towards the Texans. I'm going to say the Texans. I think the Texans can win two more games um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars losing three to make it to where they get in that spot. 
at the end of the at the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think no matter what, I think both these teams still have like maybe two more losses in them. But again, I think that's the minimum. I think the maximum could be four, and it all depends on who's streaky at the right time. Yeah. The Texans do have the advantage of being that four seed last season, so they're facing all the worst teams from last season. But again, some of these teams have made lumps, made jumps like the Broncos, like uh, the Jets still have a fairly good defense. But again, it's all about who gets streaky, and if CJ Stroud can go back to what what we've seen so far of this uh of the season. Yep. Um AFC West Chiefs, yes. Yeah. Okay. I I don't think that I don't think they lose. I, I again going back to it, I think they maybe lose one. I think they lose one for sure, maybe two. I don't see the Raiders really having Raiders or Broncos really having a shot in it. I could see them making a wild card run, but I don't see them winning the Um with the divisions in the NFC, Eagles, do the Cowboys have a shot? Cowboys have not fa- have not beaten a team with a winning record. Until they do that, I'm going to say it's Eagles all day. I'd say it's Eagles as well. Um, yeah, I think even a- after that, I think it's still Eagles all the way. Um, NFC North, can you? I mean, can the Vikings catch up to the Lions at this point? I think the Vikings are probably playing for a, a, a wild card spot at this point. I think they'll be happy with a wild card spot. I think if it was still Kirk Cousins and they, and Justin Jefferson didn't get injured for been gone for like what almost two months now, like almost six weeks. I think if he has wasn't injured for that long and they did still have Kirk Cousins, I think they would have been pushing for that. I think it would have been disappointing if they didn't get that uh, number one seat or not the number one seat, but uh, number one seat in the NFC North. But I think with all the injuries that they have had, with how the defense looked and starting off the season zero and three. I think the Lions should get the season, should get the NFC North. Um, I think the Vikings would be happy with a with a wild card spot, especially against the NFC teams. Which again, it's very top heavy, but again, it's very much so like wishy washy people. Everybody can beat everybody, sort of style. Like, yep, knows what could happen in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think the more favorable schedule would be Minnesota's. As of right now, um, yeah, they do have to face the lines twice, though. Face the so, lines twice, so I, they, I they, think... could, they could they could easily gain ground. However, I still think the Lions will go in as the as the number one in the division, and the Minnesota Vikings will easily get a, a, a wild card spot. Yeah, with how they've been playing. Yeah, um, NFC North. This or NFC South. This is the one that's wide open. But I know one team that's not going to be the division leader, the Panthers. Um, I, I have a very hard time saying anyone other than the Saints. I just don't trust it because of that Derek Carr injury. That one's that was the, yeah. You have famous Jameis back there. He's famous, Seamus, for a reason. But I genuinely could see it being a 50-50 toss-up between the Saints and the the Saints of the Buccaneers. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been playing out of his mind. Only team I really don't think has a shot because of the way how the coaching has been is the Falcons. Falcons. Mm-hmm. As much as I feel like Arthur Smith, I think his season is done. I think he should be fired after this season. He's not so getting your star players the ball. Um, but again, I think that's a team, too, where it's like if you look at it now, I think 
I think if they weren't in this position and they weren't in the NFC South, if they were in, say, if they were in the AFC South or even in the NFC North, a different division, I think if they were them right now, I think they would be trying to tank for that higher seed to get a quarterback. But since they're still in that race, I don't think they want to tank just yet because of that fact of like, hey, we can still make the playoffs and the playoffs yep. looks good on the resume. So. Yep, it does. It does. Um, yeah, I think Saints and Buccaneers, that's, it's going to be between those two teams. I still think the Saints are going to are gonna find a way to do it. Um, Derek Carr, I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. Do they say? I think it's only a few weeks, but I know it's a shoulder injury. I don't think it was like a, anything, a tear or anything like that. So it must have been a, a sprain. Oh, he's got a concussion. Oh, okay. Well, then that's that should be fine then. He'll come back in a week or two. Hey, come back in a week or two, but um, yeah, concussion protocol. <clears throat> uh, one player that is well, also back on IR, Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. who just can't stay healthy. Which, so. I mean, he, he wasn't producing for them the past few weeks anyway, so I don't think that's a huge blow to them, but that is something to look I mean, at. Yeah, that's one less weapon for them. Obviously, they still have Alvin Kamara. They still have Chris, Chris Olave. Olave. Mm-hmm. But again, just having that one less weapon could be a big difference. They still have uh, the tight end that they have. Jawan Jennings yep. has still been looking fairly good for them. Um, uh, Foster Monroe has been looking a lot better. Taysom ever Hill. Since his... Taysom Hill. So they still mm-hmm. have some good players. But again, it's the NFC South. It's the, I think... I think every year we talk about one division that's always the most open and it's always the NFC South, but that just shows you how competitive each team is after uh, Drew Brees left. Yeah. Oh, and also they are the only team in the division that has a positive point differential right now. Plus 16. Yeah. Carolina Panthers have a minus 112. What do the Broncos have? Or not Broncos, Buccaneers. Buccaneers have a minus 8. Okay, so not, the not too best. bad. Falcons are minus yeah. 28. That, that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, not too bad. Um, last but not least, NFC West. Niners are on top right now, 7-3, and three, with the Seattle Seahawks right behind them at 6-4. and four. I have felt, I have the Bron- I have, I said the wrong name twice. Yep. Um, I have the 49ers. Uh, getting healthy again right at the perfect time, right before the playoff start hopefully they don't get hit with that injury bug again i still think in my opinion cmc is still the mvp uh, mvp leader for myself i know that's crazy because he's not a quarterback but i think on that team i think you saw the difference that it was with him versus without him but again especially with the seahawks losing to the uh losing to the rams on sunday i think that put a big bump in the road for the seahawks i think again they're still going to fight for that uh, wild card spot with the but the inc- inconsistency of Gino, Gino becoming back to his Gino self. That's sort of the biggest. And he got thing. injured last week too. Yeah, and he got injured, so now you had uh, uh Drew Lock. What is his name? I think it is Drew Lock. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. There's so many different Broncos quarterbacks that went through my head right there. I'm like, who? Which one is it? But yeah, I think again that that showed why he's not the starting quarterback, why he didn't win the starting job last season. So, but again, I think if you're the Seahawks, I think you're still fighting for that wild card spot. I think, I think you know as long as the Forty ers are in your division and as well as they look, even with the uh, torn ACL to, uh, Tua Faloa, their safety. I believe so. I think that's how you. 
that's how you pronounce his name. I think they're they're worried he's tore his ACL on that juke. Mm. But it's one of those things where is they're still like they just traded for probably and if not S tier, A tier uh defensive end was for Chase Young. They lose some games, they go out and make a mega piece. Like it, it, they can't be stopped right now. And I think no. Do you want to go through the favorites out of each division as of right now or no? Um we'll hold off. We'll hold okay. off on that and then kind of get cl- when we get closer to the end of the season, we'll talk more about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that uh, San Francisco will definitely win the, the division. I don't think it's going to be the Seahawks, um, but I, I do see Seahawks being a play a, a wild card potential um, Cowboys Seahawks, probably Vikings being the final three that get in. Um, yeah. But we'll just have to see how the, the rest of the season shakes out. So that there's our, our, predictions there um speaking of the thanksgiving and black friday games that are coming up which game are you most looking forward to out of those games that are slated to be played even though i don't want to the packers game we're the mm-hmm. first game of this we're the first game on the slate eleven thirty in detroit so in the motor city um i don't know i think this this year's sort of a wash with all these games. I think the best one is is 49ers Seahawks, but again, that's a little bit of a wash. The 49ers are are juggernaut, but I don't know. I think the Lions Packers one is probably going to be the best. I remember a few years ago where it was like each game went to almost into overtime. That was an amazing slate, but I think this year's just sort of like eh. Eh, here's one team that should beat the other. If there's an upset, I think a lot of people will be surprised, but I think out of all of them, I think the Packers lines are my favorite because I'm a Packers fan. But if if Aaron Rodgers was playing for the Jets, though, right now, I think that would have been a lot better game than it could be. But again, he's still injured. But yep. I mean, I I think that it probably is the Niners and Seahawks game, seven twenty Central on NBC. Um, a big thing for me though, is tickets for the Dallas Cowboys, Washington commanders game. You can actually get tickets for 37 bucks. That's probably the cheapest you can get tickets ever at a Cowboys game. So at a, at a Cowboys game on Thanksgiving against a rival too. Yeah. Against I mean, the that, commanders, a team that, yeah, that's really cool. So if you're yeah, in the area, get tickets, <laughs> go to it. I mean, after you have your. Have an early Thanksgiving lunch, or maybe the dinner afterwards, whichever you whichever floats your boat, and go to this game at four at three thirty Central. So three thirty Central in Dallas, thirty five bucks, thirty seven. You can't beat that. No, you really can't. Um, so yeah, huge games there. Peepers picks last week. We're not gonna have him on this evening. He uh, had another another engagement this evening. But this is what the slate was last week. He was three for three and two this past week. Uh, season record now is nine and eight. So he did go above five hundred this week. So there's that. We'll be posting his picks on our social media pages um, probably tomorrow of what he thinks would be the best picks. Wait, isn't Think- the Broncos one the Vikings one wrong? Plus three. Didn't the Vikings lost? Yeah, but they lost by less than three. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know how that works. So yeah, they lost by less than three. Okay. So uh, 
Only time, it, like let's say, if it was if it was minus three, then yes, they would have they, they would have lost. First, they they lost. Second, they didn't cover the spread. But the spread being plus three, that means that the Vikings had to have lost by more than three points for not to hit. Okay. Again, that's why I don't gamble. <laughs> Bengals uh, plus three and a half did not hit. Obviously. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars won by more than six and a half points. Buffalo Bills won by more than six and a half points. And the Kansas City Chiefs, unfortunately for him, lost. So the money line did not hit. But three and two, nine and eight on the season. Pretty good record so far. He will provide his picks to me either tomorrow, tonight or tomorrow. And I'll be posting those on our social media. So follow us on JDF Media for those picks. Um, and no parlay this week as well. We, we're licking our wounds once again. The parlay did not hit all three legs. All three legs. Hey, my my first one that I sent you almost hit, by the way. Almost hit. Almost is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. I mean, yeah, but it was a lot better than the second one. I mean, the second one, when he had like six receiving yards in the game. He had, I think he had zero. I genuinely think he had zero. But in my opinion... I was looking at like last season. I'm like, okay, Packers don't really have that good of a of like a, a screen running game defense. Nice little swoops right down to him. Austin Eckler always a good receiving receiving yard back and just couldn't do anything. Yeah, Tajay Spears had two receptions, not three, which was a bummer. Um, and Josh Dobbs had 21 rushing yards, not 25. He actually gave me the over on his rushing yards at first because the number had jumped from 26 and a half to 30 and a half. And I said, to be safe, we're going to do 25 plus. And that was actually my doing because he was not awake when I texted him that. So I put the 25 plus, made the executive decision for Josh Dobbs over 25 and a half, 25 plus rushing yards. And that did not hit, unfortunately. So, but we're still up on the season, $25 up on the season, which is, which is still a good thing. So you're still profitable watching the show, but we will not have a parlay this week. We will wait until next week. We'll lick our wounds this week, get back in the lab, hopefully get a better parlay for you all next week. But before we go, Tyler, do you have anything to add this evening? So I was looking at it right while we were looking at it. So, uh, Austin Eckler did have six yards on two receptions. Could have had a little bit more, but he did slip on that one, so he could have had a little bit more. Yep. You want to know who their leading rusher was against us? Josh Kelly? Justin Herbert. Eight carries, 73 yards. Wow. I didn't next realize he ran that was, much. Next highest was Austin Eckler, 10 carries for 64 yards. Wow. I should have just put it in for Justin Herbert. But also, to go back to my alluding one, the one that I put beforehand was... Uh, Aiden O'Connell over three and a half rushing yards. Three on the day against the Dolphins. Oh, like five yards off. Man. So it would have worked. It would have worked. And I would just be like, I was genuinely like, I think he could do it. I think he's going to scramble just for like a little bit and just get it, but ended up not doing it. Well, so. for my leg of the parlay moving forward, I'm not going to include any Titans players. So don't worry about it. I'm not going to be a homer in this situation. And we'll actually win bets moving forward because we won't have Titans players. The only time it ever hit for us was when Derrick Henry hit for us in rushing and receiving yards over three weeks ago. 
Um, but yeah, Will Levis didn't do it for us last week. He only had like 200 and I think he had 199 yards was his passing total instead of 220. Oh, yeah. And then this week, Ty J Spears just did not get the ball enough. So hopefully we'll get a parlay for you next week to win. Um, but from all of us to all of you, happy Thanksgiving to everyone who celebrates. Hopefully you guys enjoy time with family as we are. Um, I'll be heading to Mississippi tomorrow to spend some fa- family time down there. Tyler, do you have any plans for Thanksgiving? Are you guys going to be staying up there in Wisconsin? Yeah, my Nana lives in – my Nana lives, used to live right down the road from us. Now sort of does, but a lot – about 30 minutes south or east of us now. So it's not bad. We're going over there at about – once mom's done with work, so about 3.30. Going nice. to have some dinner. And then I got uh, Carthage basketball again on Saturday. So I'm going to be bringing some leftovers there for the crew and – having some fun like some with fun with them nice awesome well happy thanksgiving to you as well hopefully uh you enjoy it and enjoy your game hopefully they win this time hopefully i i i doubt it especially with how <laughs> david montgomery I, I it's just the way that david montgomery and jameer gibbs are playing it's just and how our run defense looks it's just gonna be bad we'll see We'll see how it goes. Well, thanks for watching this week, guys. Once again, subscribe to our YouTube and also to all of our podcasting platforms. We're everywhere you get your podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Kick, Twitch, wherever you see us, we're there. Have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you guys next week right here on JDF Media. <laughs>